My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, you guys, to All the Hard Things. I promised you from the previous episode that I would follow that up with another episode on how to problem solve. So as I was writing the notes for this episode, I realized it would be awesome to have you guys actually go through a problem with me during the episode. So my goal for the episode is to have you guys actually be really interactive during the process, um, as interactive as you can be with the podcast episode, I guess. Um, So my goal here is to kind of take you through step by step and help you solve a problem. So I don't think there's any shortage of that these days, unfortunately. Um, So if you haven't seen or listened to the episode before this on kind of how to see problems as opportunities for growth, go back and give that one a listen because I talk more about mindset there. So how to view problems as not a threat or not something that's dangerous, but rather something that you can learn from and something that is normal for everybody to go through versus you know, it's just me who has all these problems. And there's something about me personally that makes it so likely and so frequently that I'm experiencing problems in the first place. So if you feel like you need a little bit of a revamp on your attitude as it relates to problems, or if you just want to know kind of what the first episode of this little two-part episode is like, head back to that episode first. Um, But if you've already listened to it, then hopefully you've been trying to adopt more of a positive problem orientation, right? So that's, again, where we're viewing problems as opportunities, giving your chance, uh, yourself a chance to kind of succeed and do well so that you can hone in on those problem-solving skills in the future. So the question becomes, once you're able and willing to put yourself in those situations and to challenge yourself more and you're more open-minded about this whole problem-solving thing in the first place, What are some good problem-solving tips that you can actually employ to help you in these moments of stress and difficulty? So before we get started, I want you all to think of a problem that's coming up for you or that is about to come up for you. And like I said, we're going to walk through it together in this episode. So hopefully by the end of the episode, you can go from having this issue and by the end, being able to have at least several ideas and hopefully one really good idea of a solution. Maybe you can even start to implement that solution so that you can start to move forward. So first things first, we need to call problem solving what it is and identify what it's not. First things first, what it's not is worry and rumination. Worry and rumination is where 
you think of these the same thing over and over again without finding a clear solution or taking legitimate practical steps forward. A lot of people defend their worrying and rumination. It feels like it feels good in the moment, like to just worry about this thing or to worry about their child or to worry about their finances. It helps them feel protected. It, it, they feel like it helps them solve problems. But problem solving is actually when you make legitimate, practical steps to move forward and attack the situation at hand. It's not that continuous worrying and thinking about the same thing over and over and over again. Because worry and rumination don't really get you anywhere. It may actually cause you to become so anxious and so stressed and make you feel worse so that you block out what's actually right in front of you as being potential solutions. So the cool thing about problem solving and putting yourself in these situations where you solve problems more is that you build something called self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is one of my favorite concepts, and I wish everybody had more of it. The cool thing is, is you can build it. It's like a muscle. So self-efficacy is generally your confidence in your ability to solve a problem or to handle a new and potentially challenging situation. I always give the example of I've never played volleyball before in my life. I have had experiences in my college or like high school, like PE classes or whatever, where I had to play volleyball and I was never really good at it. Um, Like the only thing that really stood out was that I didn't really enjoy it. But let's say that my friends all got together or it was like an after work party or at a birthday party or something and volleyball was part of it. Let's say that they invited me to do it or that they really needed someone to do it. Um, They were down a player or whatever. I would do it. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to, but that's not the point, right? Like I I feel like I have generally decent self-efficacy, which is my ability, my confidence and my ability to get through difficult situations. I'm not saying that I'm confident in my ability to do well at volleyball. I'm saying I'm confident in my ability to just give it a try and figure it out and we'll see what happens. So as you increase your self-efficacy, you will find that you're actually more motivated to continue to solve new problems and to solve more problems. When you solve more problems, you start to realize that it's actually not worry that solves problems. You get more confident in your abilities to solve problems. As you have more confidence in your ability to solve problems, you're going to feel less avoidant of things in the future. You won't procrastinate them as much. You won't put them off on someone else. You won't worry about them as much, and you won't feel as much of that emotional consequence of all of those things that we talked about in the previous episode. So sadness and frustration and anxiety, all that stuff. How do we problem solve though? Like what are some ways that we can approach this more systematically and practically rather than just worrying about it and thinking about the same thing over and over? There are four steps here. The first step is going to be defining the problem. Two is generating solutions to the problem. Three is making decisions about what you're going to do. And then the last step here, number four, is to actually implement the solution and verify whether it worked. So let's go over number one first, defining the solution or defining the problem. So as we move forward with all these suggestions, one through four, um, and all just the general definitions, I want you to think for yourself, how do I define my problem? I want you to, if you need to stop right now and pause the episode, that's fine. But I want you to identify a problem that we can use in this example. 
So I'm going to go through an example of my own too to kind of help you. But like I said, my goal is to have you by the end of this episode, have you some really awesome solutions and even potentially having picked a solution that you can start to implement. So I want you to identify a problem and then start to identify it using the skills that I'm about to go over right now. So before you can legitimately solve the issue, it makes sense that we have to try to understand it, right? And really define it first and foremost. It involves asking yourself, what is the problem here? Maybe it's talking about it in specific terms, right? So asking yourself things like, what's happening right now that feels wrong? What about this situation feels unacceptable to me? What changes would I like to see have happened that aren't happening right now? What is getting in the way of what it is that I need to be happier or more comfortable in this situation? By asking yourself those questions, you'll hopefully be able to identify the goal or or what the problem is in more concrete terms rather than talking about things more superficially like this person made me mad or he's a horrible boss or whatever the case may be. Sometimes when we have problems, we express them more emotionally like that, like he's a horrible boss or she really peed me off. (laughs) And it's like, yep, that's a real experience, but that's not the problem. So let's take the example of having like the horrible boss situation. So taking an example of a boss that you're not satisfied with, it wouldn't be helpful to identify or define the problem as he's a horrible boss. That's an interpretation and not a problem. And as far as defining this more concretely and more specifically, try to ask yourself, what is my boss doing that I don't agree with? What do I need to see from my boss in order to feel happier at work? What is getting in the way of me being able to be more comfortable? So with all those things considered, you'll be better able to define things more specifically instead of just having that emotional interpretation. For instance, that might look like, I want my boss to be more present physically in the office. I want my boss to take more initiative and get the employees more engaged. Or I want him to stop taking so dang long to respond to my freaking emails. (laughs) So by now, you should have your problem identified. You with me? Cool, yeah. Now, hopefully you have that problem identified in a little bit more specific and concrete terms because we're heading into step two which is where we generate possible solutions to fix the problem. This is where we're going to come up with a bunch of different ideas for the solutions. And in doing so, we want to keep a couple of things in mind. So here are some tips when it comes to brainstorming possible solutions. First things first is you want to come up with as many as solutions to the problem as possible. So thinking quantity here. Some of these solutions may not make any sense at all, and sometimes it's really good to just get it all out there on a piece of paper anyway, regardless of how ridiculous or far-fetched they are. It's just good to get it out, and sometimes a ridiculous idea will lead to another thought, which leads to another thought, which leads to another solution that might not be half bad. So writing down as many considerations as possible, thinking about quantity here, really just trying to bolster up that list of possible solutions is really good. And again, pause me if you need to. If you're driving, try to talk about these solution ideas out loud or just think to yourself as you're driving. Um, If you have the ability to write those ideas down, that's great. Um, But just writing down all the ideas that you possibly can. 
the second tip here as you are generating ideas is to try not to judge any of the thoughts or any of the ideas that you put down. So like I said, even the most ridiculous solution ideas might have some semblance of legitimacy to them and might be worth a shot. So don't judge your thoughts as you are writing them down. Just write them down. And the last tip here is trying to come up with as many different ideas as possible. Trying to think outside the box for this one too. So like I mentioned in my previous episode regarding negative problem orientation, we have to remember and know that not all problems can be solved quickly or easily, right? So you got to be willing to be patient and hang in there and be willing to think a little bit more creatively and outside the box. So trying not to get stuck on the same type of solutions because that might be why you're in the problem type of situation that you are in the first place. Maybe you've just been thinking too rigidly about the solutions and it's time to break outside of the box a little bit. And sometimes that takes time. And consider if anyone else is willing to help you contribute to those ideas too. So what about other coworkers in the boss situation? What about someone you know and love and care about? What about someone who's totally third party and outside of the situation completely? Outside perspectives can actually be super, super helpful. And sometimes those individuals actually will see things that we won't be able to see because we're biased and because we're in the situation. So again, you know, just coming up with as many ideas as you possibly can, trying not to judge them and allowing yourself to be patient and think creatively outside of the box a little bit. Before we get to steps three and four, I'm actually going to take a quick break while I tell you guys about one of the products that I use to help me solve problems all of the time. So going to go ahead and take a break, but then stay tuned for steps three and four, and we'll get you solving this problem. For all my bloggers, entrepreneurs, social media junkies, and general creative hearts out there, you need to be using Flowdesk as your email marketing platform. With its user-friendly platform, you'll no longer spend hours trying to figure out how to put your emails together, let alone how to manage your subscribers. Their beautiful templates are going to leave a beautiful, lasting impression with your subscribers, and it's super customizable, so you can add your own logo and anything else you need to help connect with your audience. It's also cost-effective and offers a really intuitive and easy-to-navigate user experience. If you want a free trial and then 50% off of your actual subscription, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals or enter Jenna Overbaugh at flowdesk.com. Design emails people actually love to get in their inbox. Plus, they offer unlimited everything, unlimited subscribers and access to all of their awesome features. So go ahead, grow your list. Again, just head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. All right, you guys ready for steps three and four? Let's go. So by now you should already have defined the problem and you should have already either in your head or out loud while you're driving or on a piece of paper have jotted down all of these different solutions ridiculous or not, all these solutions that you're willing to try. So step three is actually making a decision about what solution you're going to try. So this is where it can get a little tricky because decisions can be hard for people. Um, It leads to a lot of procrastination and a lot of avoidance. And, you know, it's anxiety provoking sometimes to make decisions, but we have to especially because as I referenced in the previous episode, if we procrastinate and avoid and put it off and put it off and put it off, when we don't 
handle our problems, they usually get worse. So we're going to eventually, if we don't make a solution and start somewhere, we're going to end up with a crisis situation. All step three means is basically looking at that list of solutions and trying to remove the ones that don't make sense, aren't practical, or you think would not be ultimately very helpful. You have to use what we call a cost-benefit analysis here to review the potential solutions and weigh out what are the pros and cons to this solution? What are the pros and cons to the other solution? And if it's not worth it, if it's not worth kind of the the good that could come out of it for all the work or all the cost that it would require, then we got to delete it, just cross it out. And then as a result of doing that again and again, you'll try to get down to that one solution that you feel like is your best bet. So a couple of things that you can ask yourself while you go through this pros and cons decision-making step, ask yourself if the benefits outweigh the cost of a certain solution. For instance, do the costs of requesting a sit-down meeting with your boss to discuss these concerns outweigh the benefits. The benefits could obviously be that you end up reaching a resolution. The cost could be embarrassment, getting denied, having increased conflict, feeling disappointed, and time spent. Also, ask yourself how much time and effort is needed to implement these various solutions. So some solutions may be super quick fixes and worth a try simply in that regard. Like they're just quick and easy. So let's just give it a try. And if it doesn't work, then we fail fast and we move on to the next one. Some solutions you may need to toss out simply because they require an unrealistic or unworthy amount of time. So a solution here that might not be worth the time for the boss situation is for you to wait for your boss to decide to quit or retire. (laughs) That's a solution. I mean, you would legitimately write that down as an idea, but it might take several years for it to happen. And so it's not a legit solution to the problem. We might cross that one off. So you have to weigh that out as well, how long it will take for you to get there. And you also want to ask yourself, how likely is it that the solution is going to help you in the first place? With the boss scenario, maybe a solution you came up with is is to send your boss numerous emails in succession so that he responds more. The problem being that he doesn't respond to your emails. So maybe the solution that you came up with is that I'm just going to send him a bunch. I'm just going to send him 15 emails in a row and maybe then he'll get it. Maybe then he'll respond more. Do you really feel like that's going to help you? Or does that have the potential to just get under his skin even more? and create more conflict and reflect negatively on you. And if he's not responding in the first place, is he actually going to respond more to your second email versus your first? Uh, Especially if this is a long lasting and consistent pattern. I don't really know. So you kind of have to decide. And the last thing here is to ask yourself, how are you going to feel about the solution that you're about to pick? So let's say that you pick the solution for the boss example of you quit your job. That's a solution, right? To resolve the issue of you not liking your boss. You could quit your job. I mean, that's a legitimate solution to the problem, right? But are you going to be happy with that? Are you practically able to sustain that? How are you going to feel once that's happened? So being able to take yourself through all of those scenarios will hopefully help you arrive to the most meaningful and best solution, all things considered. So once you've done that, once you, you know, driving or kind of mentally crossing things off or on your physical list, if you have one, once you've done that, you're going to narrow it down to a solution that you ultimately are willing to give a try. 
And this leads you to the final step, which is actually implementing your solution and verifying whether it works or not. By the way, keep your ideas. Just because you've reached a solution that you're willing to try, don't toss out your list and commit to that solution. You may run into an unexpected hurdle and you may have to go back to the drawing board. So make sure that you kind of keep your physical notes or, you know, if you're a mental note person and you're driving, maybe do like a voice message to yourself or something or a text message once you pull over and have a minute. Don't get rid of your list. Know that you may have to come back to the drawing board for this. So like I said, now you actually have to pick the solution and verify whether it works or not. So putting it into action and implementing it. So what steps do you actually need to take in order to practically and legitimately be able to move forward and kind of test your solution. If your solution for wanting your boss to take more initiative and improve employee engagement, if you settled on the solution of calling a meeting with him to review your concerns and present some ideas, you're going to need to prepare for that. So you're going to need to draft and send an email, for instance, You'll before that, you'll even need to determine what availability you have to be able to say, like, here are my suggestions, here are my thoughts, I am available at this time, what works for you. You'll have to invest in potentially just time and patience and waiting to hear back. You're gonna have to invest emotionally in having that conversation, which is gonna be potentially scary. You will also have to prepare for the meeting by maybe outlining what it is that you wanna go over and what you hope to achieve. So maybe you also talk to other employees to get their feedback and their wants and needs so you can speak on their behalf. You may want to identify some other employment engagement tactics so that you can kind of bring those to the table to get your boss's perspective on them. And then after all is said and done, you may have to be prepared for additional work even after that as far as what the boss may give you, um, what they may put you in charge of. So moral of the story here is just implementing your solution. You need to determine now whether it works or not, and you're going to have to prepare for that a little bit in advance. So um, you're also obviously going to want to know like, if the solution you picked had the effect you wanted, right? So um, subjectively, I think you'll know that pretty easily, but ideally you'll see the effects if they can be measured in some way. So for the engagement example, are you seeing an increase in employee engagement as identified by XYZ. So maybe as identified by more social outings and more participation in community events than you saw before. Are there other ways to see maybe if your solution was helpful? So what about asking other coworkers what they think or seeing for yourself how you feel about the employee engagement? So even if the solution didn't work miracles, it still may have been helpful to determine. Um, maybe, maybe it helped a little bit, right? So even if it wasn't the most effective option, maybe it did something and it worked fast with little cost and it delivered some effect. That's still a really great solution because if it doesn't have a whole lot of cost and the pros are not huge, but it doesn't cost a lot to get there, at least it's still some cost, some pro. Now, some other things to consider. If the solution you picked doesn't end up working at all or working enough, like I said, go back to the drawing board and find another. Also know that solutions can take time. So as I mentioned previously in this episode and in the episode before this, you're going to have to just be patient at times and give yourself some grace to allow those solutions to, to come to you for um, whatever your problem is. 
Know also, again, that problems are normal. So the experience of problems, no matter what the frequency is or or whatever, it's not necessarily a reflection on you. Know that this isn't personal to you. Problems are normal for everybody. And as I mentioned before, also, the problem-solving skills are the same between people who have negative problem orientation and who have positive problem orientation. So it's not it's likely not a problem solving skills deficit. It's just that you're pro- you're probably new to this if you're not used to solving problems. So think of it like a skill like any other skill, it needs practice and you need to warm up to it. Also know that working on solutions can take a lot of effort. So being sure to acknowledge this and rewarding yourself for working hard on these things. Give yourself the space to feel that increase in self-confidence and in that self-efficacy for solving the problem versus handing it off to somebody else or waiting for a crisis to, to come around. These are all awesome ways that you can go out and do the hard things, you guys. So next time a problem comes up, try to do the hard thing. Try to take it upon yourself to take these steps like we talked about. So like I said, the first step is really defining the problem. The second step is going to be brainstorming all the possible solutions that you can. The third step is going to be actually identifying and making a decision about which solution you want. And then the fourth one would be verifying the solution, trying to implement that solution and verify whether it works. And if you engage in these steps, you will for sure have more confidence over time. You will for sure have more self-efficacy over time. And you'll be a problem-solving wizard. For sure. Absolutely. So I hope this was helpful. I would love to hear what your problems were and if through this systematic way of kind of working through it, what that looked like for you and whether you found this to be helpful. So until next time, keep doing all the hard things. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.